Yeah, she. If we are building around reverse, no rewind, around, not reverse. So around Mushmore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or around Mushmore. I do give permission to leave that in if you want, or to pull that. <laughs> that's gonna be the clip. Yeah, that's point. gonna be the clip. That's gonna be the clip. Yeah. Um, Welcome to Casual FC, an Angel City preview pod. I'm your host, Mario Salazar, with the defense-loving, t-shirt-making <laughs> co-host, Angela Morales, and our very first guest on the pod, so, woo-woo, woo-woo. Eva Friedman, welcome. Yeah. Hi, and hello. As, yes, and as many of our loyal listeners, I think we have, like, due to metrics, maybe about, like, for people that like fully listen, I might be one of them, but I that's cool. It's it's growing. You might recognize Eva as Angela's uh, girlfriend and Yay. knowledge of most things uh, soccer behind the scenes. So really glad to have both of them on for this. If you if you read the the description before or the title at least before you started playing our retirement retrospective episode, you know usually we call these special episodes you know the few that we've had (laughs) we call them like the casual guide to and then you know we did the whole like women's world cup and group a and you know it kind of lent itself to that this is a little bit more of a kind of special focus episode so i don't know we might call it the casual focus episode i don't know we'll we'll workshop it we'll figure it out before it actually goes up (laughs) an episode exactly just casually (laughs) retiring Someone's going to Google, like, casually retire and think they're going to hear a podcast about, like, how to quiet retire. (laughs) And then it's going to be all about soccer. Yeah. Which will be great because then they'll learn something brand new. Yeah. Indoctrinate them. Yeah. Yeah. So as as we're kind of uh, hinting to or or walking around right now, today we're going to be talking about some amazing players in the kind of women's soccer world and... As the show is, I am the casual here, so I am still learning about these amazing players, and a lot of them are heading out. So I'm like, eh, just caught the tail end of it. <laughs> but they've all decided. But you got to see it. And but I got to see it, which was great. And I got to see it in that World Cup, which was amazing. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking about some players that have decided to hang up their boots this year. The impact that they've had, you know, on the game and, you know, to our hearts, uh, especially for you two. And I know... You know, let's see. Will Angela? This is another Will Angela cry episode. <laughs> it's a toss up. What's I'm having o- a decent day so far. So, <laughs> what's the over under? We're recording in the middle yeah. of the day, so you know maybe it's not like as moody and dark. <laughs> yeah, like I, I haven't like experienced a full day yet. It's only what two two o'clock right now. Yeah. So um, also, real quick, with that said, today the day we were recording. We normally, like, don't say what they were recording, but it's September 20th, and I just want to make a point that today, 50 years ago, is when Billie Jean King played the Battle of the Sexes against Bobby Riggs 
beat him in three straight sets and effectively changed women's sports forever. Kind of put women's sports on the map, brought up equal pay before it was popular, like brought women's sports to the spotlight before it was popular. But yeah, it's a it's an important day. That's all. I just wanted to make sure people who knew or who listened, even if you're listening on a different day, is that it's incredibly important. Yes. Important day. And one of our owners, right? Yeah. 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 She's an investor. Yep. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Angela and I sometimes joked, you know, both offline or pre-recording or post-recording. I think <laughs> today is very much going to be true to form where we say, you know, casual C for us has been equal parts footy talk and therapy session. And today yep. is going to be a nice therapy session for y'all. <laughs> it's a good one. So yeah. with that... Which one of you wants to take the first person on our list? I think I think we're kind of going to tag team. Okay. All of these. Yeah. Because there's and a I, lot to say. I'm going to be soaking yeah. it all in. I think the first person on the list and the last person on our list, just in our notes, not that that's necessarily the exact order we'll talk about them in, but I think yeah. the two of them typically are like a perfect segue out of talking mm-hmm. about them. And Billie Jean King and such. Yeah. So the first person we want to talk about is one that we just recently saw against Angel City again in Megan Rapinoe when we played the rain. Like I said on the rain episode, if you think she's controversial, that's nice. I don't care. Like, get with it. (laughs) She has had over 200 caps thus far with the women's national team she has the game tomorrow on the 21st and then the game on the 24th left she'll so she'll hang it up at 225 caps which is a lot she has had a prolific career and she's just kind of been one of the mainstays of the national team without a lot of people really understanding that She has been part of Team USA soccer since 2003, which she's a year older than me. And so the same age as Mario, which is why whenever people talk about how old these women are, I want to scream. Wait, wait, wait. But but they're all older. Wait, Rapino and I are the same age? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I'm like Googling everybody's age whenever I'm like watching them. But you're two two months apart. Oh, man, her joints must hurt like crazy then if, like, my joints hurt. (laughs) Right. It's like, I'm a normal person and my body hurts. You have been doing this for what? For how long and why? And yeah. But Pino was, she started with Team USA's U20 team in 2003 and got the call up to the senior team, which is like the quote unquote adult team uh, in 2006. And has just been on the team since then. Which is insane to have an almost 20-year career on a national team. In any country, but especially this one. Yeah, I And think... I mean, most people are going to recognize her by the hair. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, at least that's that's where my first thing goes. Yeah. And the argument about was it pink or purple during the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. A lot of people within the last five years let's say have really started to pay attention to Pino because of her work and her 
appearances, I would say, outside of soccer, especially the last five years, because of how loudly she advocates and and really just stands up for a lot of marginalized groups. She was one of the first professional athletes to kneel after Colin Kaepernick did. I took a hell of a lot of slack for that. She has done a ton of work for the LGBTQIA plus community, voting rights, equal pay. I know I'm missing things. Sustainability, like all kinds of stuff. She's just kind of got her hands in everything, which led to receiving the Presidential Medal of Freedom from Joe Biden last year in 2022. I think when you think about Megan Rapino, especially the last couple of years, it's kind of impossible to put into words what mm-hmm. she has meant for soccer, not just in America, but globally. And I don't know that we'll really be able to understand her legacy for a very, very long time. She's yeah, really I, just I completely agree. Yeah, she's really just put all of herself into trying to leave this space better than when she found it. And, you know, with with the 2019 World Cup, you know, that clip of oh. her saying that she wasn't going to the White House, that had been out for months already. That was not something new. It got resurrected right before the World Cup. And to be able to have to be able to have the president tweeting, talking shit about you. of your country is like calling you out on social media and you and like you put in the performance that she did with all of that going Mm -hmm. on and all of the hell that she was getting i think it's just incredible and i don't know that you can really separate off the field and on the field with her i think it all coincides and i mean Just she's one of the pillars of women's soccer in America, I think, and will continue to be for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. There's there's no separating, you know, she's not she's not two different people. You know, she's not the player on the pitch that's super intense and then the the, you know, completely opposite or, you know, just different off the pitch. It's no, 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 no. Pino is Pino. Um, yes. It only took my it only took my phone like two times to when I spelled it, you know, Pinot with an E that I wasn't saying Pinot like the wine. So, I mean, even even my iPhone was like, yep, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, uh, she just man, she's just cool. And in looking up notes and things like this, I had forgotten that after the 2015 World Cup, I believe. Yeah. The, like, when the team went to, I believe, the White House, President Obama made a point to call out the fact that in Northern California, a farm had actually built a corn maze in, like, her face. Like, they made a corn maze for that fall, but they made it in the shape of Pino's face. So that's a new, she's, (laughs) right, like, I want to be a corn maze. That's like (laughs) like what, but she, she is from Redding in Northern California and just, she's been so like, like I said, she's a stalwart, but she's been just so prolific, both in her soccer career, her personal life. Like she, she did a major, major thing, which I think a lot of people outside of California may not have known after paradise 
it's a city up in Northern California, like this little tiny town was basically decimated by one of the wildfires that hit Northern California a couple of years ago. She immediately jumped on board and started raising money, trying to get like food, water, electricity, like anything she could to get, I get eyes and get money and get help to the folks who remained because people were, people were killed through the fire. Like it was one of those where they got the alert that there's a wildfire and within, I think an hour, the city was gone. And Pino was one of the first people to really show up for a neighboring city for her hometown. And it's like, I'm looking right now and it's not even on her, her Wikipedia page that she did this. And it was one of those things that it just happened where she was like, here's a link to go to the, like the fundraising sites for different families, different businesses, all kinds of stuff. And it was just like, get these people help immediately. So it's like the littlest things like that, like a town of a couple hundred people that is decimated to voting rights, women's rights, protections and equal rights for the black community. The gate, like it's just, you could, we could have a whole two hour episode on Pino alone and probably not talk about everything. Yeah, and she never seems scared to lend her voice. Um, yeah. I I think back to, and this is so basic in comparison to everything, but in 2015, and I can't remember whether it was before or after the World Cup win, but I believe it was her, Abby Wambach, and Kriegs were on some sort of talk show or something, and they were given whiteboards and asked to like describe themselves in one word. And Pino just flips hers around and yells, gay! And, like, yep. it happens in points. And, like, it's... It was almost 10 years ago. It's not that long ago. But things were in such a different place. Mm-hmm. And she's just always been willing to be loud. Like, she's not nervous or hesitant about being the loudest person in the room for the things mm-hmm. that matter. And I think that's kind of, you know, the thing that I'll always remember her for. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's one of those things, too, where when you're looking at somebody's public career, it's really easy to just let it happen. And just you show up, basically, like it's the the equivalent to just showing up, clocking in, doing your work and clocking out and going home. There's hundreds of thousands of athletes that do that. And it's completely fine. It's a job at the end of the day. But to not only excel at the craft that you've perfected over your life, but oh god here it comes i'm already crying like i just was like oh my voice is gonna crack i couldn't We're believe like you did 10 talk- minutes in what'd you say i couldn't believe you didn't cry when talking about billy jean king i came close <laughs> but no like to put that much work in and then to do it like when you're off work too it's just it's so much do you want to talk about how great of a soccer player she is so I can stop crying. <laughs> I mean, she's when you think about her on the field, it, it's all about the crosses. You know, yeah. cross Alex crosses to Abby. There are so many, you know, iconic moments that she is like kind of right in the center of. And I think, I mean, she her corner kicks like she's just a special player and. Thinking to the 2019 World Cup, I mean, just like what is there even to say about her 
on that team on the pitch like mm-hmm. it was it was as good of a world cup performance as anyone could dream of yeah. i don't know if they're like i don't know what she could have done better or anything <laughs> not that she did too because we won uh, yeah which, what a lovely memory i remember winning the world cup <laughs> but, <laughs> back that, in my day yeah that, that when we had trophies still you know but she and again with all of that pressure it it just kind of never seems to matter what the moment is you know she you can pretty much always count on her to rise to it yeah and i think that that is just i mean it's one thing to be an athlete in any sport who wants the ball in a big moment it's another thing to be an athlete who can execute like nine out of ten times you put the ball in their hands and you're gonna get the result you want and to have done it for as long as she has at the level that she has it's it's so impressive and it's such you know she she's leaving the field on such a good note yeah way 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 better than she found it absolutely On many, many different levels. So from one megastar in the Wolso community to another, we've got Julie Ertz on our list next. And I'm getting, I'm getting like... Yeah, (laughs) I I hate this. I hate this so much. There is such a loud voice in my head screaming, it's not happening, you're lying. It's not (laughs) happening. We're not doing it yet. I mean, with the fact that Julie Ertz was, unfortunately... On our team, that's where I'm most familiar uh, with her. And because she was on our team, that's when I started learning about, like, you know, she took time off to to have her kid. Then there was this whole talk about, like, you know, it especially in our little world, like, we had her rights, but we don't have a contract. Back and forth, back and forth. And then seemed to be, like, a huge get. You know, when it was like, she's coming to L.A. So I've my my Woso knowledge of her is fairly recent. (laughs) But both of you learn today. (laughs) But when we started, when we started getting closer, both of you just started shaking your heads. So (laughs) bring it on. Let's go. I'm here to learn. You know, I thought when she hadn't signed with a team for this season, I think Angela and I had spoken a lot about, like, maybe she's just done. And I had kind of, like, kind of, you like... resigned still- yourself. Yeah, I had really, like, made my peace with it. Because this is all about me. This has, like... <laughs> like, this is just about how this affects me. I don't... I think it... Think of me when she made this decision. But, you know, <laughs> I really did the work. And... I was at peace and I was like, you know what? Good for her making the decision she needs to make. And then she came back and then she came back with Angel City. And And then she broke Eva's heart. (laughs) Before we get there, it was, (laughs) it was such a joy. I think, you know, what was it? Four games. I think if you can have Julie Ertz on your team for four games, you take Julie Ertz on your team for four games. She can make any team better. I think she effectively changed our entire midfield. Like, what is the word? Methodology. Like, yeah, 
everything shifted when JJ came back. Yeah, I mean, she, for as hard as anyone works during any game of any sport, it's still hard to think of someone who works harder when they're on, you know, when they're in the game than Juilliard's. So she came in and it's, it's really hard to imagine that there wasn't an impact in the locker room as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I think when you have someone who works that hard, regardless of how hard you're working, you're gonna like push it a little bit more to that level. Yeah. And, you know, then she makes the world cup roster and that was understandably, you know, kind of a question mark for fans of any level. I think, I think we all were like, okay, like, let's, let's see. I hope this is the right call. And when, you know, that first game back with Angel City, she was Julie Ertz. She was Julie effing Ertz. (laughs) What was that? Like, it was like we had also just seen her play a week ago. She just came out and was ready. She was doing the slide tackles, playing Mm -hmm. hard. And then I think about we get to the World Cup. And after the first game, they ask about, you know, the emotions that she, which a very fair question. I would have asked, this is my favorite Yeah, you've been away from the national team. You just, you know, your son is here. You know, what are you feeling? <laughs> she looks this journalist dead in the eye into his in soul. The soul. And the, yeah. yeah, the only emotions I feel are grit and determination. <laughs> and like I'm not an athlete like I'm not playing against her and even I got scared like, <laughs> like that like there's something about Julie Ertz just going all in that is absolutely terrifying and <laughs> it's like it's such a joy to have her on her team and I'm so glad that you know, we got we as Angel City fans got to see her last NWSL minutes. I yeah. I so hope that she swings by for the last home game. Maybe does the three clap. You know, lets us give her a little extra love on the way out. Hopefully, we yeah. do get a good send off with her. At I least mean, just her- let us as a fan base say bye. Something. Yeah, I. You know, when she announced after the World Cup, talking about how it might have been her last game, I was like, oh, I hope she, I hope that doesn't mean, you know, total retirement. And then it came out and, you know, more than anything, I just want to say, like, how happy I am for her. Yeah. You know, to go out while you're playing still as Julie Ertz, you know, there was a today they're doing press for her last game and before we started recording I was watching and she was saying you know it's not about mama can't play anymore because mama can play and it's like <laughs> yeah, she, like this is not about like she can't do it anymore and I think she so deserves given the career she had to make that choice for herself and to not be in a moment where like her body's failing her and she has to leave you know where yeah. she's choosing to walk away and say like you know what I've done it. You know, I can, I can leave and feel good. And I mean, what else is there that she could have done? I mean, the only thing is an NWSL championship. Oh, which, sorry to all the Chicago fans listening. That probably really, <laughs> but you know, I, like I think about 
passing the torch and in years and years and years and years and years ago she captained one of the youth nationals teams to a world cup gold and the national team youtube channel did an interview they were having camp where the national team was playing or i think they were in santa clara or something but she was talking with christy rampone and you know christy says you know you're gonna be out there one day and julie is like yeah maybe and christy says you know yeah and i'll be watching Okay, I need, I need some is, context here. I know, like, I'm trying not to... So I just made a face of just, like, how dare you say that? Yeah, it's it was the first... <laughs> Her last World Cup was 2015. Captain of the team. General badass defender. I believe this is directly her quote. If, if we score, we might win. If they don't score, we can't lose which I think really sums up the defensive mindset, especially at that time and everything. Yeah. So Christy was very important to women's soccer in America. Part of, you know, the, I don't necessarily want to say old guard, but, you know, definitely one of the like, um, yeah, she's, she's what, big time. I don't think she was 99. Yeah. Was she? Because she played until I think she was like 40 something. For Sky Blue? Yeah. yeah, she played... I'm looking it up right now just so we get it right. But she played for Sky Blue over the course of Sky Blue. Because she was yeah. on Magic Jack for a while. But she has yeah. over 110 caps for Sky Blue and three over 300 for the national team. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> tremendously important player. And... Yeah. You know, Christy that... Rampone is different. Yeah, and, you know, JJ coming out for the 2015 World Cup and really making a statement, showing us who she is, really starting what was just the most incredible relationship with Becky Sauerbrunn as our center backs, and then eventually moving into the midfield. And it's like, it was so amazing having her as a center back, and she was so incredible in that role that it was like, oh, I can't believe like we're going to do this. And we're going to pull her out of that. And then we put her in the midfield and she's like a goal scoring machine. It somehow managed to get better. <laughs> like it, it just, she's just had such an incredible career. And I feel like I'm saying the same things over and over again. Cause I don't know what else to say other than she's just been incredible. And I she, think, I think she, her career with the national team is just what anyone would hope for themselves. Yeah, she essentially did what everyone wants to do but can't and kind of made herself irreplaceable on the national team and and really like she can do anything. Eva just said that we all kind of know it. But JJ on the pitch, you have I don't know, a 40% higher chance of winning. Because she's going to break up every single freaking play that comes within a 20-foot radius of her. She's going to be there as a key factor for set pieces and corner kicks. And she's going to head the ball in every which way direction. She's going <laughs> to tackle the shit out of you. Like, there, there are very few defenders and midfielders that could even come close to comparing, I think. 
And that's not to say that people aren't as good or yeah. better or whatever, but the versatility of JJ is the big part for me anyway. Yeah, and when, you know, when she went out, I think it was the MCL tear and then the pregnancy, you know, that period without her, you felt it. Like yeah. it was, yeah, had a very important piece missing. And I think to do that for not just at the national team level, but specifically for the US women's national team is so unbelievable. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's, it's so hard not to be sad that she's done. Mm -hmm. It just yeah. such a pleasure to watch. I, I think we, I think we're all so lucky to have been able to root for her, you know, at whatever level we have, whether that was if you're a Clara fan, ACFC, national team, maybe Chicago people are listening. I don't know if you are. Hi. I, I don't know. We, we, we might have some Chicago people. I know we got some Chicago listeners when we did our Chicago uh, recap. So yeah, we'll throw it uh, up on their Reddit and see what happens, but yeah. And see what happens. Chicago felt it. Like it's, you know, I think every game from here on out for the next couple of years, there are going to be so many moments where like in the back of fans heads, it's like, oh, I wish we still had JJ. Yeah. Like I, but like, <laughs> I wish she was still here. Like, she would have taken care of that. Or, like, she would have put that yeah. one. I think she, you could just, and like I said it with Pino a little bit, too. You could just always count on her. And that's so special. Yeah. And I think, too, like, even though we're going to have those, like, oh, man, I miss watching JJ play moments. On the national level, like, the transition from... Julie Ertz to Naomi Gurma is a beautifully transi transitioned situation. Yeah. Like, there is no one maybe more stoic than, like, Becky Sauerbrunn J and JJ than Naomi Gurma. Like, the three of them are cut from the same cloth of defensive mindset, win-at-all-cost mindset. Like, just hold down the fort on the back line those three stellar that was that's, hard okay <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's amazing i mean i will i, I will say that from the, from the casual fan and from the acfc fan i'm a, i'm a little butt hurt that you know she called it when she called it and basically didn't come back at all so i am hoping that the Angel City fans, and I've seen a lot of upset fans online wishing that that she would come back and kind of give us like a chance to give her her flowers, right? The, the, like, yeah. I, I think that's how I can see that's how deep Julie is in the Woso community to the fans. I think it even it, I, I think there was like a little like, OK, she she put a dagger in us when she's out. And then she kind of twisted it a little bit when she's like, oh, wait, no, I'm back for one more for the national team. <laughs> <laughs> and the, that that little twist was especially felt here in L.A. So hopefully she gets, you know, hopefully there, there's plans, there's an idea. And you know what? I it, There's no blaming or there's reason to knock her for any decisions made. I mean, her decisions were her decisions. Being able to spend time with like family, her kids only a year old. Like it's very. I mean, I've got 
you know, two little ones that I'm like, yes, it's very important, especially very early on. So yeah, no, there's absolutely no reason to be upset with her, except for the fact that except <laughs> she JJ, didn't give she hell? didn't give she didn't give me a chance to say goodbye. I'm totally happy that she's very much pulling a Costanza, just leaving on top while everybody's like happy with you and being like, I am done. You know, I'm with you, Eva, that, you know, it's way better that she's leaving now, having done what she's done, rather than at a point where her body is completely breaking down because she pushed it too far. And right. now it's like, like you, you know, the like the last year of your, your career was, you know, just full of injuries and full of whatever. It's like, no, you left with seven, seven amazing games, which I looked up. It's seven games that we got a chance to see Julie with with Angel City and you know all of her time with the national team so um yeah good on you Lee 122 and the thing <laughs> not is bitter too, at I all think the harder part it, is that like with with Pino Pino you will still see her you will still know she is very involved with things JJ is not like that like she's gonna go and she's quieter. She's a lot less in the public eye by choice. So I think that's part of the pain is that like, I mean, for me, especially as a WNBA fan, like I'm going to see Pino because she's going to be there with Sue at games, what have you. Like Pino's everywhere in my interest, be it politics or sports, because that's just the overlap that my brain lives in. But JJ just isn't. And I'm like, Ugh. but yeah, that's my piece on it. <laughs> Thanks. I know I personally have a huge amount of pride for the fact that she finished her career in an Angel City jersey and got to close out in a really good environment, really great team and special fan base. So let's, you know, let's do this right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Julie, if you're listening, come back. Let us let us give you a send off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let us let every single person at BMO like give you your dues. I'm crying again. Oh, so well, with the waterworks just starting <laughs> with Angela here, we're gonna go to someone that started off the Will Angela cry on the episode uh, was when we talked about Allie Krieger. Oh God, Kriegs <laughs> has Kriegs. I. Yeah, there was I think this is this is us making do to when we were talking about Ellie in our preview episode. <laughs> and, episode. Yeah, and you started like tearing up. You, you yeah, you cried. And then you're like, you know what? No, this is for another we'll talk about her on another podcast and here it is. Yep, it's that time. And thankfully I have my girlfriend who can talk for me when it comes to Allie Krieger. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can. <laughs> this is like, you know, when you watch a new sport or even just a new team and you don't know that much about it and you're just watching and like you don't recognize anyone's names and you just see someone playing and you're like, that one, you're my favorite. <laughs> that was Allie Krieger for me when I got into women's soccer around like a little bit before the 2015 World Cup. I want to reiterate, I did not know literally anything about her. This that decision was not motivated by any personality traits or who she is as a person or who she ended up marrying. I, you know, 
she was or is just so freaking fast. I think at one point there was like a crazy stat that she ran like at the speed of a horse. Like there was like <laughs> she's just stupid yeah. fast. And yeah. you know, you think about the PK in the 2011 quarterfinals against Brazil that she put in the back of the net to take take the team to the semifinals that comes after quarterfinals right semifinals yeah. <laughs> yes yeah, yes yeah. <laughs> and you know in Wait. 2016 she had a dope goal for Washington Spirit to send them to the finals or to help send them to the finals and She's a Champions League winner. You know, she's just present in so many huge moments. And, you know, I think the word that comes to mind for me as a fan, very specifically of her, is tenacity. You know, for those who don't know, after 2015, or I guess after 2016, she was kind of just, like, removed from the national team. Was confusing for, for reasons unknown. Yeah, for reasons unknown, she's been pretty open about the fact that, you know, she still doesn't have any sort of a reason or whatever. And then, you know, at the at the 11th hour, she gets the call, you're coming to 2019. And to have spent the prior two years of what, you know, just a hard time that had to have been so difficult. And she spent those two years staying ready and to... You know, the final touch of the World Cup was her, was the ball at her feet. Yep. You know, you think to the player reaction when she had her 100th cap celebration, finally. And <laughs> it's just so clear that she's such a special person and such a special player. And, you know, it's it's hard to think about not watching her play anymore. It's... You know, she's kind of the one that I was like, oh, you're like, I understand this now. Like, I get why people love this. Like, like, this makes so much sense. And, you know, saying goodbye to that is, you know, I think generally speaking, the wave of players that we're starting to say goodbye to is just going to be so difficult because they were a lot of these players were people's entrance the team. And, you know, if you think about 2015, we're talking Kelly O'Hara, Becky Sauerbrunn, Kriegs, Carly Lloyd. Uh, not Lindsay Horan. She's a little too young for that. But we get the point. <laughs> you know, but it's a lot of the players that we fell in love with and that brought us into this sport. And yeah. I think, you know, the I do want to point out that the way that both Allie and Ashlyn were treated before they publicly declared their relationship was really shitty. Nobody yeah. should ever be pressured for information about their private and personal life, and especially not their sexuality. The fact that they didn't just say, like, okay, yeah, we're a couple, we're engaged, and we're going to get married, and then, like, never talk about it again. The fact that they, like, I would have understood. I would have totally mm -hmm. understood if they were, like, you know what, fine, we'll say it. Here, you got what you wanted. And then, like, close the doors again. But instead, they both, you know, they just became advocates. And sharing yeah. the wedding video, and they just took so much responsibility for what they had the potential to do for young queer fans. And that is something that I will just always have so much gratitude for, 
the way yeah, like that it's they kind of, you know, but especially Kriegs just stepped up and really owned it and, you know, just just continued yeah. to be such a bright light in women's soccer. Yeah. And like people will joke within the community about how either together or separately Crash Lynn, so Ali Krieger and Ashlyn Harris were their like awakening moment. <laughs> but like <laughs> like it is it is very much a joke, but it is also very real. And or like it changed the way you saw people, women, sports, like the two of them alone, but like Kriegs especially, like it's a shift because I think a lot of people see female athletes assume sexuality and then assume how you present yourself in public and for Kriegs to be so like hyper feminine and so stunningly gorgeous every single day she walks outside like I don't get it it's I don't know stupid. how it's offensive yeah like I it's, it's offensive <laughs> to be that attractive but like it's one of those things where it shook people's understanding of what a queer couple could look like what female athletes could look like what is expected of them all that kind of stuff and it's just one of those things that even now like the crashland move from orlando and the pride to gotham is also part of their advocacy was huge because they wanted to make sure that their kids were being brought up in an area that would accept them both with, you know, having two moms, being black, being adopted, like these, ki- they wanted to make sure that their kids would be welcomed, and they knew that the climate in Florida, where they were, was not conducive to that on any level. And it was very much a we got to get out. Granted, it was also during the like Orlando Pride fire sale, which nobody <laughs> knows what happened with that. <laughs> but we got Ellie Riley and Sid, and so it works out. But like. <laughs> you know, like they're they they made sure to protect their family and protect each other and the community in that sense. After the shooting at Pulse, they rallied around the community. Orlando as a whole really came together. The Pride's fan base, like they have dedicated seats in their arena in a rainbow. Like it is important and to have like Ali Krieger out there waving the flag commentating the men's game like she's such an icon at every level like she's going to be an amazing commentator she already is and i think in retirement that's just gonna grow and maybe a coach maybe a coach she does does have i don't i don't know what level but she's got her coaching license i think one way or another you know this isn't the last we're gonna see of her in the game and something that I meant to kind of start with. And again, to be clear, this is information she has put out. I am not like sharing <laughs> classified rumors or whatever. But, you know, when she was in college playing at Penn State, she had blood clots in her leg and like very literally almost died uh, when yeah. she she spoke about it for one of the like meet the 23 players for 2015. Uh, So you can find that clip of her talking about it, you know, on YouTube. But, you know, she was told, like, if you had gone to sleep tonight, like in your bed, you wouldn't have woken up. And yeah, I just think about like how lucky we are as fans 
you know, not that this is all she has to give. Obviously, I'm just glad that anyone's alive. I think it's like I'm not I'm not exclusively happy for soccer players to be alive, but but you know to know that there's someone on the field who you know kind of saw their life flash before their eyes. And I think for me in the way she plays, you could kind of feel the like I'm alive, I'm happy to be here. And that is just so special to have watched for so many years. And I'm so, so grateful, you know, that we got to have her on our team, right? We've been able to root for her for so long. And I, I just can't wait to see what she does next. Cause I think whatever it is, she's going to be incredible. All right. Well, anything else for Allie Krieger you guys want to? I didn't cry. No. I started no. to. And then I just, I like cried quietly. <laughs> I yeah, I held it together. Yeah, we did it. We got through one. Okay. All right. So you you got through one and now we're going to hit the last one on our list and, and let's see how this one goes. I can already tell you it's not going to go well. <laughs> and this is brutal. Well, thanks for being on on this episode and talking about like the saddest things. I know I'm just going to like stare at the wall for a couple hours in silence after. Yeah. It, hopefully so. it's a couple hours in silence and nice reflection because you've got you you got to talk through a lot of it. But now we're getting to <laughs> the one I player should, on wait, our list. Wait. Hold on, one thing I forgot to say. I should mention that Allie Krieger is the first women's soccer jersey that I purchased. That feels, for some reason, important to mention here. Uh, No, that's... Yeah, just such a special ambassador for the sport. I mean, I will say I've... actually done. I will say I've never actually bought a player jersey. What? I I don't... I I have a thing about... And Angela and I have talked about this, but I have a thing about... I love these players... But I know that their time is temporary with the team, right? So, like, I have an Angel City. I have multiple Angel City kits. You're <laughs> as Angela, as Angela points to her. We don't have to acknowledge that anyone else's playing time is temporary. These are the no. only four players that are going to stop <laughs> playing ever. 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 Um, ever. Everyone else is going to play forever. <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah like Nobody none of traded nothing none of nothing n- stays none of the jerseys i have for any sports teams have a player name on them across the board so that's Ooh, actually tomato, tomato, tomato. i it it, it i think i think it's because i don't want to go through this trauma of like like well aren't she was on our team <laughs> yeah good for you What's it like to, as as I said to our friend Alyssa, after we found out she usually finishes every tube of chapstick that she has, what does it feel like to be perfect? Like, yeah. yeah, I, I <laughs> you're just so much better than the rest of us. Good for you. You did just it. committing to the jersey, but not the player. And I'm over here like ride or die for these, I don't know, 30 jerseys i have i will framing instagram posts (laughs) honestly (laughs) i will say the the way eva mentioned like you know when you're starting off with something if you're brand new to a sport you're kind of just you don't know where you're where you're coming from like you have no allegiances then you find that one player and you're like yep that's my favorite now or or like i'm following them 
getting into women's soccer and getting into that, you know, slight tangent off the retiring players because she's so young um, and like really kind of at the beginning of her career. But that's how June Endo was for yes. me and and my daughter. My daughter loves June Endo too. And so if it comes out, I have a friend slash coworker who is in Japan at the moment. He's from Japan. I could not find an Endo jersey here. So I would that was going to be if if it happens, it'll be a endo jersey, the uh, Mount Fuji kit, the the third kit that they had from the the World Cup this year from for Japan. Us, or for those of you who are listening who cannot see, even are both sitting here, jaws dropped. That is the because... perfect first jersey. So yeah. if it, if it works out, endo will be my first kit. Let's but we'll go. see. We'll see how it goes. So deserving, if true. You know now, though, that like you can't buy. So, like, if this doesn't work out, you can't move on to a different player. Like, no, June yeah, has to be your first. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I just might not ever have a player jersey at all. <laughs> but that so going is from no, I gave you a lot of grief for it, but. <laughs> You know, your body, your choice. If you don't want someone else's name on your back, that's your prerogative. I even, even the, the, the like custom jerseys that we saw recently, I was like, oh yeah, it's cool, but I don't even want to put my own name on it. I just, just want a blank one. So going from, going from this international player, let's talk about the final person on our list, which is the player with the singular name on our list. Marta. Marta. So here uh, you are not wanting a <laughs> and your own name on there and she just says I have one. I have, I have one, one name. name that's all you need to know and you will know who I am. And g- granted all of the players that we've talked about so far are retiring completely from football from soccer both internationally and uh, from their respective NWSL teams. Marta, though, is the one player on here that, although is going to continue playing or has not mentioned anything about the NWSL team she plays with, she is retiring from international football, World Cup football. There was an interview where where they asked her yes. about her retirement and she said, and then they kind of floated the the Olympic question and she's, she's like, she corrected them. She's like, I said World Cup. Yep. The 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 Olympics are the Olympics are next year, so she still got it in her to do that. She's such a great troll. She's so good at trolling. (laughs) And I will say, because I am already getting incredibly emotional, Marta cries all the time. So if she can do it, I can do it. (laughs) She cries all the time. She cried before the World Cup, during the World Cup, after the World Cup. Every interview, she's got like sparkly eyes. that is the best defense for crying at any given time. Well, Marta yeah, cries. Carry me for the rest of my life. <laughs> so school me on on Marta here, because I mean, like I said, literally all of these players. My introduction to them has been the NWSL, really since like last year. And you know, even though I did f- loosely follow the the women's national team, you know, and I knew. The name Ali Krieger, I knew Pino, I knew Hertz. I didn't know them. I just knew they were players, right? So, like, I'm still learning about all of these players. Marta, I know the name, 
but just like everybody else, I still need to be schooled on on Marta. And I know she's huge. I mean, your first note here is she's your favorite. She's your favorite player's favorite player. That's exactly it. Like that says enough. Yeah. (laughs) If if we are building the Mount Rushmore of women's soccer, and I would even also say the Mount Rushmore of soccer, period. Yeah. Marta is such a no brainer. It it just cannot be put into words what she has done for women's soccer and not just the advocacy, but like the level of play. Yeah. Has been ridiculous. And we're so lucky to have had her in the NWSL or to have to have her. Excuse me. She hasn't. No no word on that yet. But I was <laughs> lucky, I was lucky enough to be able to fly down for her first game in the NWSL. And you know, when she got to Orlando. And there is something so magical about watching Marta on the ball. There's just this electricity of anything can happen and whatever I think could happen is probably not going to happen the way any of us expect it to. She's going to do something just super freaking cool. And you you just want her on any team. Like if you're making a best 11 that like for fantasy, whatever. You want Marta. We all want Marta. Yeah, she's been so crucial to the development of soccer. And like Eva said, not not even just women's soccer, but soccer as a whole on even like on the American level, on the global level, like she is she is an icon across the board. Like you could go to any country and if somebody asked you who your favorite player was and you were like Marta, they'd be like, "Okay, yeah." Like just uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No question, no argument, no nothing. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, we have players now that have not lived in a world without her and without her influence. <laughs> Here I it's go. It's okay, like, Marta tried to the World Cup. <laughs> as Angelo points to herself and her and the waterworks coming. I, like, I got, like, watched it slowly develop. Out. Like, <laughs> she's just important. And to any, like, Latin, Hispanic, Portuguese, Brazilian person, like, Anyone who speaks Spanish or Portuguese, it's different. It's like, it's that level of different. And I, I mean, lately I have been reading, (laughs) lately I have been reading more about her. And, you know, I think in the vein of Pino, where she's not backing down, she keeps fighting for what she believes is right and all of that stuff. Like she's still fighting for, you know, equality and better views and everything from pay and yeah, equipment and in, in Brazil and, and all of that yeah. and getting those players up to par. So I think that is amazing. And I hope that she does stay in the NWSL, you know, a little longer. I mean, we at least get to see her in two weeks. I know. Yeah, I know. So, so we'll we... talk about her even more Yeah, because well, I'll tell you right now, she's going to be one of the players that I spotlight on the Orlando episode. So, too bad for you if you're mad about it. Like, <laughs> I, I think Marta, any chance I get. Yeah, and I I think something that gets talked about a lot, but also at the same time we don't talk about it enough, is her role as a mentor for the younger generation. And I know the Athletic 
a couple years ago, I think, did an article about her and how she relates to, you know, younger teammates and passing the torch. And they talked about how whenever she is talking to a younger teammate, she like puts her arm around them. And oh, now I'm getting <laughs> up. Wow. <laughs> I talk too much shit. <laughs> but, you know, and just the fact that she makes herself so available and approachable to everyone. And she carries so much of the weight of women's soccer on her shoulders and has for a very, very long time. And the fact that she still keeps herself so open to help and that there's no part of her that's like, I just need a minute. You know, she's just always available to younger players, whether they're on her team or not. She just seems like the best teammate in the world. And, you know, I think whenever she fully, fully retires, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a tough day for the the Woso community. (laughs) Yeah, to kind of put it into perspective for anyone who's followed soccer as a whole and maybe not women's soccer, just men's men's soccer. She's been compared like her whole career to Pele. And she is known as Pele in skirts. Like, she is that level of honor in the soccer community, in the Brazilian soccer community. Like, it's like that, where it's like, oh, no, she's she's a life-changing once-in-a-lifetime uh, once player. Like, the Pele with skirts was, like, she was dubbed that by Pele himself. So it's not like... Oh yeah, that's the kind of thing. It's like how how Jewel Lloyd on the Seattle Storm is called the Gold Mamba because Kobe called her the Gold Mamba. Diana Taurasi is the White Mamba because Kobe bestowed her that title. You know, it's it's that kind of thing where it's like, oh no, you have been handed this torch by prior icons of the game. By the namesake of Yeah. <laughs> Women's soccer looks completely different without Marta, and not just for Brazil, but globally. And at every every level, she's had such an impact in every part of the game all over the world. So we made it through our list of amazing it. players. Only a few tears <laughs> shed, <laughs> which is, you know what, it's, it's great to see the passion from both of you. And I'm guessing... Not guessing. I know from tons of other fans out there. And I feel lucky to be able to have experienced a lot of these players, you know, playing with us, playing against us, being able to see them and being able to see these this caliber of players, right? Like the, the NWSL is really one of those top flight destinations for women in the sport. And hopefully we keep it going that way so that we keep getting more of these um, amazing players playing here and not have to fly to freaking Europe to go watch a bunch of them. <laughs> exactly. The the international draw of the NWSL is growing again. And it's really cool because I think for a hot minute when all of the bad stuff was happening in the league, it rightfully so uh, dissuaded a lot of women from coming here. And I think we're on the upswing from that, especially with Chicago getting the ick out, like I said, and yeah. really turning turning a corner of, of all of this 
in the last couple of years. But we did. Yeah, and, and Marta, you know, giving the league her stamp of approval and yeah. leaving Sweden to come play here mm-hmm. was huge for the league and continues to be huge for the league. And she openly encourages, you know, younger Brazilian players to come get into the NWSL. Yeah, and that's why there's so, so many, many Brazilian players. In the what? Oh no, that's that's why there's so many Brazilian players in the league right now. Yeah, is because of her. That's it. Yeah, like that's Dabinha, why. Carolyn, you know, even thinking back to Camilla mm-hmm. or Monica for the Orlando Brazil, fans. Brazil just a little Brazil further just back produces all the single name players. Yeah, it's. I mean, listen, when you're that cool, you're that cool. Um, but she, you know, she's talking very specifically about the NWSL. She has given so much to this league in a pretty short amount of time. And we, this league is extremely lucky to have her. Absolutely. All right. So with all of that, thank you everyone for joining us on this footy talk and therapy session that Casual FC brings you every single time. If you've listened all the way, it's because Yay. of the amazing players and also thank you. <laughs> so you might you might already like us. You might like what we're doing. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button anywhere you're listening from. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, blah, 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 blah. Go ahead. Check us out at casualfc.com for all the pod links to a bunch of places. Some of them I ain't even heard of, but you probably listen from. <laughs> follow, <laughs> follow our socials on cat. At Casual FC Pod on everything Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Threads, X, which is Twitter, you know, y- y- you get it. I will call it Twitter until yeah. it has. You can pry that bird from my cold, dead hands. Exactly. <laughs> I will tweet until I can no longer tweet. And as we've mentioned we before, merch. oh, we, yes, oh, we yeah, do have sorry. merch. We do have, we have merch. merch. We are continually adding more merch. Just shop.casualfc.com. Yes, and it's there cool. there will there's actually going to be a casual FC equal parts whatever I just said, right? Equal parts therapy session and footy talk, something like that. I don't know. Go something check it like out. Go to shop. Go to shop.casualfc.com and you'll see it. And as we've mentioned before, Eva is a drummer. An amazing one at that. Yeah. So Eva Gosh. Let's 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 give you a little platform here. Let's plug you in. Let's yeah, plug you in. Yeah, what have you got coming up, huh? Oh no. I'm so used to not talking and just playing drums. So now I got to like keep it together and talk for a couple more seconds. You can find me at Eva plays the drums. It's very hard to remember. I'm so sorry for that. So <laughs> a little bit slower in case you're trying to write it down. Eva plays the drums. We'll also tag you on our socials with that. Yeah, if if still don't get it, you know, just you know, slide into Angela's DMs. You know, (laughs) she'll you know feel free to ask her as many times as you have to until she replies. Brag, I will brag about you as much as I can. So give me the excuse. Let me know. It's my favorite. (laughs) I do have. A show coming up on September 30th, which I know is the season ticket holders event. I don't know. We don't have information on the event yet, so I don't know if it's going to, you know, cross (laughs) each other or not. But 
If you are free, September 30th at 8 p.m., I am playing at Hotel Ziggy for an event called The Gay Agenda. If you are listening to this podcast, I assume you're on board with that. If you're not, I don't know what is here for you, but I'm playing with noted ACFC fan Brick Cussero. So go to the season ticket holder event, then come to us. If you're not a season ticket holder, skip the season ticket holder event. Still come to us uh, and come yeah. say hi. That's awesome. Okay. And then the last little plug that we always have is if you feel so inclined, help supporting the pod by sharing the pod sharing a, an Instagram post that we have, hitting the subscribe button. There's many different free ways you can help us. Or if you can, support us by buying some merch or by buying us a coffee. So if you check out on our socials uh, or go to the link buymeacoffee.com slash casualfcpod, you can always, you know, throw a couple bucks for us in our little virtual tip jar. So yeah, with all of that, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the preview for Orlando, and we'll talk more about Marta there, <laughs> and hopefully hold back the waterworks. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I, I got a lot of it out today, so I think we'll be okay. <laughs> and with that, bye. 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 All right. Bye.